Welcome to the Unbranded Podcast with Miss Dean Loves You, where we have interesting conversations with interesting people and learn about unconventional ways to live our best lives. I'm your host, Susie Dean. I'm a former teacher, mother in her MILF era, and wife. I have the incredible experience now of exploring topics and ways of living that I've always been curious about. The conversations on this pod are always relaxed, authentic, and might just teach you a thing or two. I promise that every episode will leave you with a deeper sense of self and understanding for those who are different from you. So get comfy cozy, grab a drink of your choice, and let's have some fun together. Today we have the pleasure of chatting with Jeanette, the brilliant mind behind Wabi Sabi Tarot. For those unfamiliar with the practice, tarot reading involves using a spread of tarot cards to obtain insight and guidance. Contrary to common misconceptions, though, tarot cards are not a tool for predicting the future, but fear not, we'll be delving into that further in our conversation. In addition to being a tarot reader, Jeanette is also well-versed in astrology and astrocartography. She actually did my astrocartography reading, and it was wild and so insightful. In this episode, we'll be exploring all three areas of her expertise and even sharing our experiences as teachers in Teach for America. So without further ado, Jeanette, welcome to Unbranded with Miss Dean Loves You. Can you just give me like a quick overview of what like moon transits mean? Yes. Okay. So the moon is in astrology and in tarot. The moon is representative of your intuition and your emotions. So the moon changes signs every two to three days. And like you might notice a big shift in your mood every two to three days. So um, that is kind of what the moon transits are. So like, for example, if the moon is in Virgo, Virgo is very much like a type A, like get shit done kind of energy. Um, So you might feel a lot more like inclined to get things done versus like if we're in a Taurus moon, you're kind of just like sitting back and like enjoying the fruits of your labor and like being a little lazy, being a little self-indulgent. Do you check the moon transits at the beginning of every week? Absolutely. Yes. I love you. That's so wonderful. Do you think, did you, um, we'll get into your spiritual journey and how you got here Mm -hmm. in a second, which I just read about again. Um, Do you think you always noticed that your moods would change or that your emotions were moving up and down? Or is that something that you think that you started to pay more attention to once you started taking astrology into your into your life yeah i mean i definitely noticed that i not that i'm moody but like i would definitely notice like the ebbs and flows of my moods but when i started looking into astrology and being like holy shit wait i can swear yeah totally okay great um (laughs) holy shit like my moods are so like adjacent to what's happening with the moon like things just started clicking Mm -hmm. That before I was just like, that's just human nature. And like, it is just human nature, but it's also aligned, I think. Okay. So why don't you just hop into it? Tell me who you are, how you got into astrology, tarot. And I really want to talk about past life regression and all of that stuff. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Um, Yeah. So I am Jeanette. I um, own, run, whatever you want to call it, Wabi Sabi Tarot and Wabi Sabi Wellness, which is my own podcast. And I got here through like a really weird channel of events. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started off my life with being a teacher. I did Teach for America like you did, Susie. Um, and I'm sure we both have a lot to oh, say about oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that. Um, I, you oh, did yeah. a whole, your whole two years. I only lasted 
three months. But I think the reason, because did you moved to Chicago for TFA, or you were no, no, no. I was based in Chicago already. Oh, so that's interesting yes. because my original um, theory was that I chose to teach in Miami because I said that I knew that I would need my family support because it would be hard. But I think in the back of my mind, I was always like, I can easily move back instead of all these people I'm in TFA with who are like moving from California to Florida. You can't do it that easily. Um, but you were local-ish, at least-ish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And did all the two years and never... Well, you probably felt the urge to leave or quite okay, every day I felt the urge to literally drive into like the highway median and just like there it was so bad that I was like time off in a hospital sounds better than the hell that this was sometimes and like I think that Teach for America has a great mission but for myself, it was a really complex and complicated situation that I had gotten into. Yeah. I sometimes I think back to like I also I I'm so passionate about what Teach for America stands for. And I think the uh vision was great because like, first of all, who else is gonna teach in these schools that's mm -hmm. that's like motivated and passionate? Um and how are we going to how are we going to get these values or these schools? Because once you get teachers that like know how to teach and are comfortable with teaching, they're not going to put up with a lot of this stuff with admin not supporting you with. I, I was told that I could never I could not send a kid to the front office unless there was physical contact made. So I had kids cursing me out all the time. And like teachers that are good aren't going to put up with that. So then you have these teachers that don't have like the coping skills, the work life balance the just tools in their toolkit for how to put on lessons and deal with issues on the fly in a classroom where that's what they need they need but they're not going to get those types of teachers so i often think yeah. what could they have done better and i don't know i don't know because if they're not taking us who are like clueless and passionate and like don't really know what we're walking into then they're not really going to get anything yeah, absolutely. And like my situation was I I signed up for two years. And when I interviewed at the school that I was going to be teaching at, they told me I'd be teaching math and I'm terrible at math. So I studied so hard. Like, like I was like looking into what it meant to teach math. I didn't. My undergrad was in exercise science, like very little math. Um, and so I spent a lot of time like figuring it out. And then like the week before or the day before school started, my principal called me and was like, you're going to be teaching cluster. I had no clue what that word meant neither do i um so for anyone like listening teach for america takes recent college grads who mostly did not have a education background um and puts them in high need schools across the country um they do like a summer institute you get some training but it's it's nothing for like what you're about to pop into um so basically what happened was i go to this school first day i have like packets made and i walk in and i realize none of my kids can like properly hold a pencil a lot of them are nonverbal, um just like very high needs and I was I was shook I was like what do what do I do and it was a two-year contract and huh, it was a lot oh my gosh so was the two-year contract what kept you there because I broke it and they didn't have a problem with that I was like there I was like I a mental health break I can't and they didn't give me any problems and I was shocked um, no. So I think it was 
my Virgo rising. Okay, but I'm a Virgo sun. What's your rising sign? Capricorn. Capricorn. That's interesting. Oh. Yeah, like I, when when I, and my husband says this is like one of the things that's like great about me, but also so hard. I'm so stubborn. If I start something, I'm going to finish it regardless of how much I want to like literally drive into a highway media. Jeanette. But. So, okay. So you get to the second year. Do you like, you know what you're yeah. doing by that point? A bit. A bit. Yeah. So the scenario is I am in the west side of Chicago for anyone familiar. So it's it's not the best area to be in. I'm teaching a cluster classroom. I have a like four or five assistants. Um, it's and I'm 21. Yeah. And I'm 21. And so I get to my second year and I'm just like, you know what? I I feel like I'm making a difference. I'll stay. And then I get let go of at the end of my contract. They literally fire me. Well, this <laughs> was that a blessing? Did you kind of feel good about that? I was wrecked because I very type A. I hate I I didn't understand. And looking back, I do understand why I was let go of. I was like bringing things up that like didn't want to be brought up about how things were happening at the school and like messing with things. So it makes sense. I then was like, well, I don't think I'm done with my teaching career. So I stayed on for five more years. I did seven years total. Wow. And teaching or teach for America schools? In teaching um, in the city. Yeah. So schools that definitely could have had C- uh, TFA okay. um, placements, but yeah. Okay. So that was where your passion laid. Why? I thought it was. I thought it was, but I was miserable. I was miserable and like my marriage was not great because I was exhausted. You know, when I was thinking about teaching or leaving teaching, one of my friends said, one of the biggest things is you're not going to be waking up at like 4.30 anymore and it's going to be a game changer. It's going to be a game changer. And it is. Mm -hmm. You don't realize how important it is to have a normal like schedule. And I think people talk about like, well, at least you have summers off. At least no, like during the school year, it is absolutely insanity. And I would leave at Lord knows when and come back late and still have to work. Um, And it was just a lot. So I finally got to my last school and it was great. The admin was fantastic. Um, my last position was where I was actually beginning a new pro- uh, program. So I was at complete autonomy. I got to do some of the hiring for my assistants. I got to pick the curriculum. I had a lot of say and it was great and I was still miserable. And I knew that was when I had to leave. Um, you said at your, first of all, I love that at your old school, you were able to do that. And that's kind of backing up my previous question where mm-hmm. in Chicago, you said you were let go of because you were bringing up a lot of things that that could be improved upon. That sort yeah. of like, are you, would you say that you're a leader? Ooh. Because I would uh, be too scared to do things. I'm much more like in the background, like be quiet, fly under the radar. But then you brought all these things up to be adjusted in a school where you don't have an education background. And then you end up building this program. Like that's big stuff. Yeah. So I, I've never thought myself as a leader but here's the thing I have a sister who has special needs and so when I was teaching all of these kids were like little miniature my sisters and the fact that they weren't getting what they needed just really hurt and I think at the end of the day I just had to be like I I'm one person and that sucks to say and I'm not going to change the system yeah I know the more that you think about all of the um, intricacies and like interwebs of what the education system is and systemic racism 
and all of it, it just becomes so crushingly overwhelming that you can't, you really can't. It feels like you can't do anything. Honestly, I'm like, sometimes I I would be like, um, I mean, these are a couple of kids. I don't even think they think about me like after school, like I'm, I'm bending over backwards. Like I didn't even feel like I was making a difference sometimes because I didn't really know how to connect, run a classroom and, mm-hmm. you know, develop a space where I could emotionally connect with any of these kids, which I think is something that you need if you're going to make a difference. You need to be emotionally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You have to have a relationship with them. So, yeah, I feel like rapport is so important. Yeah. For I mean anything, but especially teaching when you're trusting somebody to watch your children and teach your children and nurture your children. So you left teaching, and was it mm-hmm. an absolute game changer? Ugh, yes, I. My mental health is just so much better. I'm a happier human. Like I'm, I have time now, and I'm. And I think the worst part was I was a mom for my last two years of teaching, or last year and a half or so, and. I just felt like my daughter was getting the shit end of the stick. Like you have to be maternal at work and then you come home and you're exhausted. And that was what really broke me was like I could put myself through a lot and like I could hate my life. But to know that I was like compromising for her made me I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, that's so hard. People make teaching sound like this great career for parents. But no, you're exactly right. And I thought the same thing. And that's what really pushed me to leave as well. Um, So you where where did astrology and tarot fall into all of this yeah so i have always been very much into it all um you know like little us like reading 17 magazine oh looking yeah. at it like i i'm a leo son and like i felt like a leo son like i have huge hair i like i'm a very dramatic when you get to know me like super freaking dramatic like oh the worst um just very much aligned with being a leo um and I've always been very, like, interested in psychics and, like, going to see them sporadically and all of this. But what happened was when I had my daughter, so I had quite a few losses before. Not quite a few, but, like, a few. A few too many. No one should. What like, no one wanted many. it. Yeah. So I had a few losses before I had my daughter. And I, I don't have the best mental health, like, naturally, I think. I had an eating disorder when I was younger. I've always just been very high anxiety, very type A. Um, and so I got pregnant and like it stuck, but every day was just like, what if today is the day that it unsticks or what if today is the day that something bad happens? And then I, then March, 2020 came around and the world shut down and I had her in June of 2020. And it was just not the experience you want when you are having your first kid. Like you imagine walks in the park and like going to lunch with friends and all of this and you're just isolated and scared. Um, and my mental health just plummeted. And I kind of knew that would happen um, just because of my personality. And it turned into postpartum depression. And that turned into postpartum, like, psychosis. I was driving one day and I just realized that there were, like, words on those, the, like, highway screen that were not supposed to be there. They were kind of, like, just, like, you're done with life. And I was like, wait, that's not supposed to be on that highway screen. And that's when I knew that I just, like, needed help. And it was very, very hard for me to accept that. Um, so one of the things that helped me in my healing process was going to see tarot readers because I literally, it felt a lot of days like everyone's life would be better if I wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> no, within the space for it. Um, 
So I started going to tarot readers. I started going to psychics, just trying to figure out if this would ever end. And, you know, they told me it would. And like, I, I, I needed something to believe in. And that's when I started going really hard into it. Um, yeah. I'm so sorry. I know how. It's okay. I, no one talks about it. I know. Well, I had a miscarriage too before my son. And what they don't tell you is when you have a pregnancy that like sticks after a miscarriage, pregnancy isn't magical anymore. Like you don't, you don't find out you're pregnant. And you're like, oh my God, there's a baby growing inside me. I'm not even thinking about it. And like, it's magic. It's constant anxiety. And there's, and when you're having your rainbow baby, there's no safe time in pregnancy. You know too much. No. The the 13 weeks, no. The heartbeat, no. The anatomy scan, no. Something can always happen. And you're not safe until the baby is there. Yes. And even then, it doesn't even, like, your anxiety is still there. There's SIDS. There's, oh, my God. You know, there's so much. And then people don't really even talk about postpartum psychosis. I just learned about that, like, eight months ago. That's terrifying. I mean, did you know that that existed before you started having these experiences? Oh, absolutely. Because I am type A and read everything <laughs> beforehand. Okay. And I was like, oh, cool. This is not what I wanted to be doing, but... Yeah, but it was it was just a lot. You could recognize the signs when they were coming. Thank goodness. Yeah, it was. But it was weird because I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. And I, I knew I wasn't. But I also was just trying to convince myself it was similar to like teaching. It was like, I'm fine. I can handle this. I. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, no, you absolutely cannot handle this. And then I just had to stop. So how long were you going to psychics and going to tarot reader, readers before you started like doing it yourself yeah so I've gone to them throughout my life like I probably started seeing them in high school like I remember one of my really close friends mom used to read our tea leaves in the morning and like Harry Potter radically going yes it was the best um but what ended up happening was I quit teaching and I went to a corporate job Mm -hmm. And I got my first bonus. And, you know, teachers don't get bonuses. We, I like to say it's the only field where you are going to bring stuff from your house into work, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I got my first bonus. And I remember literally being like, I don't know what to do with this. And I thought it was a mistake. So I messaged my boss and I was like, hey, I think I've got someone else's paycheck. And he was like, oh, no, keep that. That's for you. And I was like, wow, I love it here. Um, it's so cute when teachers go into like normal work world <laughs> when you have to learn and you're like I don't bring my own toilet paper yeah. yeah yeah so I was like okay I'm gonna buy myself some tarot reading lessons and I did from where and... how do you find that um so I had started seeing not seeing but like using this tarot reader online her name is Jane's tarot and she's fantastic and I love her um and she started offering like online tarot reading courses where she would like teach you all of the like intricacies of it and she was fantastic so I did that with her so I would say that was about a year into having had my daughter okay so this quickly turned into not just tarot but like well actually I want to go back this is going to be a hard yeah this might be a hard question and if you don't know how to answer it that's okay we can skip it what I kind of want to say what makes you believe in tarot slash how much of an impact do you think it has on our lives? 
like how valid can you explain can you just explain that to me yeah so i think of tarot as not necessarily like reading into the future but reading our energy i think that tarot is a tool to read our energy and when i read for myself or when i read for others it's often like yeah i knew that already but thank you for the like what do you call it like thank you for the yeah exactly from the universe Mm. so like i've never been surprised by anything i've read by tarot right i've just been like ah that's exactly what i already knew and i needed that from you whereas like astrology i think is a lot more of like okay we can kind of use this to determine when is the best time to do x y or z or when can you expect shifts in your career or shifts in your home or shifts in any part of your life um so i like to use astrology as more of a like what is coming up and tarot as a okay i just need a little confirmation that i'm going the right way Does okay that make sense? <laughs> yeah so they kind of they they are like puzzle pieces they go together yeah. bodies really well i think yeah <laughs> okay so when you're let's say i don't know enough i, I want to know about astrology so bad and i like make people i don't make people think that i know astrology but i like i have a ton of crystals i do moon water i charge i like i wear a lot of rings do all the things yeah and everybody like thinks i know all this stuff but i don't i have like the moon tattooed on me um okay so so how would how would you go about using tarot and astrology in a given day so like you wake up one morning you see your tarot cards and then you know that like um the moon is in aries oh it is right the moon is in aries and you're gonna have like big feelings lots of energy am i using this right of this aries stop um, mostly, that, yeah you're, yeah like, angry yeah it's like stuff. it's like starring energy but also like a bit of a temper yeah you might have okay so yeah. how might you use that can you give me an example like maybe something you read today or maybe that's too personal yeah no no for sure um so like for myself i like to look at like the moon the moon or the sun charts right so every 30 days like your sun comes back to where it was when you were born um and it can kind of tell you a lot about what's going to happen in that next month for yourself right so like i like to use it being like okay like i know that between now and like june my like i have transits going on in one of my career houses that might dictate that like it's a really good time for me to move careers so like i've been actively like doing things in terms of like making sure my resume is good like nothing's going to fall into your lap right Mm -hmm. nothing's going to just be handed to you but you can use the energy of astrology to like place yourself into situations where the energy will match up the effort that you're giving so this goes really well into my next question, which is how can we use astrology in manifestation? Oh, I love that. Okay. Oh, because so I, manifest- like, I need you to get really granular because I've been really trying. I I, I manifested like all of my jobs after teaching after I had my son. Mm-hmm. And I and now I'm like intentionally trying it. It's, it's I, I'm struggling because I, I, I don't know if it's that I can't focus or I don't have the energy to do it or I don't care enough. So like you have the floor, get really granular. I'm going to stop talking. But turn off okay. the mic. Perfect. So, like, for example, for manifesting a job change, right? So if I want a job change, the first thing I'm gonna do is look at my son, like my son return, my um, my son return charts. And I'm gonna see, like, based on each month, when is there something going on in one of my career houses, especially Mars being in one of my career houses, because 
Mars is the planet of movement, of change, of going. Or Jupiter, because Jupiter is, you know, the lucky planet. It's the planet of expansion and abundance. So those might be indicators to me that there is good energy for me to be changing things around in my career. And the same goes for like if you wanted to switch stuff up in your like relationship, you'd wait for some kind of Mars or um, Jupiter transit in one of your relationship houses. So cool. I know the dates now and now I got a manifester, right? So I firmly believe that if you are putting energy into the universe saying, I am ready for my next challenge, the universe is going to bring it back to you, right? Obviously, you need to make action because words mean nothing if you're not acting on them. So I'm going to intentionally spend my time like updating my resume, sending out applications, like telling my friends, hey, I'm looking if you know what's going on, but also spending time every night imagining and picturing the job that I want in my head. If it's like a certain paycheck I'm looking for, I'm going to bed. The last thing I'm thinking about is that paycheck and wanting it to like actualize for me. I think and like I've heard other people say that the last thing you think about at night is something that your brain starts like working on while you're sleeping and doing like subconscious work and bringing that to you. Um, but like also like writing letters to myself during new moons about like this change that I want to see on full moons, writing about what I'm letting go so that I can attain this. So things like that are what I do to manifest things into my life. Mute. Do you ever find yourself like thinking at the end of the night about what you want to manifest and something really big and a big change? And, and there's a bit of you that's like, I just don't think this is going to happen. Because I know that's what's holding me back. Of course. But you just tell that voice to shut the fuck up and you move on. How do you... Someone told me in an earlier podcast, you just have to be absolutely delusional about who you are, what you deserve, like what life is going to give you. And I think that I just need to... And I think a lot of people just need to like um, probably do all of the manifesting things more often in a day to make it more natural. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so you write letters to yourself during the new moon. Mm -hmm. Is that like in the future talking about what you have or is it? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I like to use like present tense as if you already have what you're looking for. And it just like, I feel like you can trick your mind into be like, yeah, like we totally got this. We've got this. Um, I, I just think there's so much power in saying I have versus like I wish I had. Do you talk and then you talk to other people about what you're currently manifesting or I I what was really important for me, I think, when I was manifesting this job, which I didn't even mean to manifest it. I was telling my husband and my friends, I'm quitting teaching. I don't know what my job is going to be, but I know that something's going to fall into my lap at the perfect time and it's going to be something that I need and that I love and that I enjoy. And it totally did. And I think yeah. I think that talking about it with other people really helped. And then I've also heard feeling the emotions that you would feel when you receive the manifestation is also very important while you're thinking about it and writing about it. Oh, a hundred percent. I think I mean, I think that we live in a society that tells us to feel less mm-hmm. when really we should be feeling more and leaning into what our emotions are saying. Like our emotions are there for a reason and you know, back in the day, it would be to like our gut instincts is like, hey, there's a bear. You should move. Right. Whereas like that's hopefully not a threat anymore. Like for at least me, there's no bears roaming around my neighborhood. 
But my gut instincts tell me like, hey, this is a good decision or a bad decision. I try my hardest to listen to it. But I think intuition is like a muscle and you need to listen to it for it to become stronger and stronger. So you said, I think that you, I was reading that you've always found yourself to be more of an empath and more Mm -hmm. um, sensitive to energies. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the kind of person who, if I walk into a room and somebody else is upset or angry, like I start to channel that energy too. And I always used to think that was a weakness of mine. Like, Jeanette, why can't you just have these boundaries up where you can just like not be bothered by other people's feelings? But like, that's just not who I am. And I'm like learning to accept that. Um, And I've also just like had gut feelings before where like something bad is going to happen or something good is going to happen. I just knew it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, um, my husband has a younger brother and there was one night where I was like, I just have this gut feeling he shouldn't go out. I just have this gut feeling. Of course, he goes out and he gets arrested for like stealing like pens or something at a Walmart. And I'm just like, I knew this was going to happen. Like, I didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but I was just like, I know today's energy is not good for you to be leaving this house. Mm -hmm. So things like that have like always happened to me. I don't think I'm a psychic. I wish I was. That'd be super sweet. Yeah. But I definitely can feel like the emotion. And I think that I'm able to sense people's emotions better than I think a lot of people can. Well, I think that's really important in the work that you do because so you don't just do tarot. You also do astrocartography. You read birth charts and you need you because of that, you need to channel other people's energy, right? Because you're reading totally, for yeah. someone else. So how how do you get ready for a reading with someone to get in tune with their energy? Yeah, absolutely. So um, cleansing your energy and what that means is like I will use Palo Santo, I will use sage, and I will just like cleanse it over myself. I always like I'm holding some kind of crystal when I am reading for a person. Um, and I just like take 30 seconds before I start and just like breathe and ask my spirit guides to connect with theirs so I can give them the messages that they need. Um, and I look so like sometimes like I do a lot of like girls nights and things like that. So I'll be in my car just like saging myself and like people will walk by as this like weirdo chick is just like like smoking her car up with sage. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to keep your energy clean. <laughs> so I'm really glad that you said the thing about spirit guides because I need you to just talk about it. You are like my intro. You're like my one stop shop. This is so great because these are all things that I've always wanted to know more about and have tried looking into but it's different understanding things when you're hearing it from someone that like practice it and practices it and knows it than just reading in like an article oh totally so yeah what is a spirit guide who might your spirit guides be how do you communicate with them how can we communicate with them let's see yeah okay so spirit guides can be your ancestors they can be people from your past lives they can be really anything that might be connected to you. And some people don't believe in spirit guides. Some people are just saying the universe has guided me and that's okay, you know, for to each their own, whatever you believe in. I personally do believe that like my spirit guides are guiding me. Um, also the universe. Like I just think all these things are trying, like the universe wants us to succeed. I think the universe wants us to get where we're going and the only person in the way of that is ourselves. Um, but signs that you are communicating with your spirit guides, like ringing in your ears. So if you ever have like ringing in your ears, I like to say that's your spirit guides trying to give you a message. 
um, seeing numbers or seeing symbols or seeing like the same animal over and over again that like might not necessarily like if I saw a squirrel, I'd be like, yeah, that's a squirrel. But like, I don't know if I saw a flamingo, I'd be like, oh, whoa, I live in Chicago. That's that's a spirit guy. That's a spirit animal. Um, but a lot of times for me, it's numbers and seeing spirit uh, angel numbers on repeat telling me like, hey, Jeanette, like, I know you are not where you want to be yet, but you're going to get there. Just trust. Just believe. Just like put the energy out there. Um, yeah. So how do you communicate with your spirit guides? Is it just talking or writing or like the equivalent of praying? Or is it something that you have to get into like a meditative state to do? Oh, I'm terrible at meditation. It's like I love core power. And the worst part of it for me is that part at the end where they tell you to sit still. I'm just like, I oh. I can't do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I I just talk to them before I go to bed. And like I talk to them about what I'm wanting in life and I'm talking to them about like what went well or what went wrong. And, you know, I wasn't very religious growing up. My dad is Jewish and my mom is Catholic. And I was just very confused. I was like, if both yeah. of these are right, then how are you guys married? I know. I know. <laughs> so I wasn't raised up um, religious at all. So I think that for me now, though, it's my equivalent of praying. Like, it's just not to God. It's to my guides in the universe and telling them what I want and telling them that, like, hey, I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to do what you need me to do to get there. Do you know or can people know who their spirit guides are or get into a space where they can like connect and see? I feel like I've heard about that. Yeah. So I I have a feeling that my grandparents are definitely mine. Um, I think some people just have a gut intuition about who they are. And I mean, you can also go to readers who can tell you like I'm not a person who can. But you can go to readers who are able to literally describe to you who your guides are. Whoa. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So, sorry, that was a wonderful tangent. I'm so glad that you brought that up. So, you were doing tarot. You took your tarot classes. You launched this cool business. You launched this podcast. You also do astrocartography and then you read birth charts and you know astrology and they all go together really well i i imagine that's something that you were also learning for fun because of your interests while you were doing the tarot because you were yes. going into this spiritual space right oh for sure yeah it was something that has been on my mind and like just like things that i've like looked into over the years but i really started studying pretty seriously about a year year and a half ago um, what it all meant and how to dive into it further. It is complex. I I try to learn like the characteristics and the shadow sides of the signs, but then I have to think about houses and what the houses mean and then what signs in these houses mean. And then you don't obviously have the big three. You have your Mars and your Venus and like your Jupiter and your mm -hmm. Chiron and like all these other signs that you have to try to interpret. And it's so much. So do you think that, so it, did it take a lot of studying or did it kind of stick pretty quickly because you were interested in it? It's both. So I'm going to admit, like, I don't have it all memorized. Like I, there's so much and I only have so much of a brain capacity after I had my daughter. Oh my God. So there are, <laughs> pregnancy brain is real. Um, yeah. 
There's only so much of it that sticks that I'm just like, yes, that's 100% in my brain forever. And like when I read for people, like I I have all my notes. I have Excel sheets, obviously, because I am a Virgo rising and I use those to help me. But um, I would say like, don't feel like you need to memorize it all to be good at understanding astrology. Like just have like, like the basics down and you can always like, don't be afraid to have notes. Like, you know, when you're giving a presentation, you have your note cards. The same thing goes. Like, I think that there's this like conception that like in order to be incredible at something or good at something, you need to have it all memorized. And like, we just got to be realistic with ourselves. Like, can we memorize everything and continue to be moms and continue to be wives and continue to like do our jobs outside of this? It's just, it's a lot. That's a really good point. We do need to have a lot more uh, grace with ourselves when it comes to anything that we're interested in. Uh, so how does astrocartography and astrology play into each other? Oh, I love astrocartography. So astrocartography, go ahead. I'm just so excited because like I only heard about astrocartography maybe like four weeks ago on this random podcast that I started listening to. And it was fascinating that there, oh, and then you have like your human design and then you're like, mm-hmm. People are like into the Enneagrams. There are so many things that you can analyze to learn more about yourself, help yourself grow. Totally. Yeah. So astrocartography is the idea and it was started in like the 1970s. There's so many subsections of astrology. So there are astrologers who like focus on like past life astrology. There's astrologers who focus on like predictive astrology or like astrology that tells you what's going to happen to you. There's relationship astrologers and then there's like astrocartography and there's a million other things that you can go down rabbit holes with astrology. But astrocartography is the idea that wherever the planets were at the exact time that you were born forms lines down the earth. And those lines can dictate whether a place has good energy for you or bad energy. So like if you're living along a Jupiter or like a Venus line, that's really good for you. Like you're going to feel luck. You're going to be really just like amazed by the beauty that is life whereas like if you're living on a chiron line like if that's a great place to be for a while to do some like searching and healing but not necessarily the place you want to live because it's not the easiest place to like mentally be what does chiron mean for those that might yes so chiron is the wound that we have to heal in this lifetime and everybody has one and some people think that it is associated with past life Um, like issues that you just never solved and others say that it has to do with the parenting that you were given so it to each their own whichever you want to believe but chiron signs also last a few years so like the people you went to school with likely had the same chiron sign as you so like mine is in virgo mine is um healing of feeling like i'm never good enough and that so resonates with me like i beat myself up all the time about like not being perfect even though i know damn well no one's perfect. Have you ever gone to intentionally a place that was on your like astrocartography chart for that purpose? So I I used to be such a big traveler when before I had my daughter. Yeah. And, you know, kids slow you down a little bit. But I was in Portugal recently where I do have a Jupiter line. And it just felt really good. And I felt very creative. And I was able to come up with a lot of ideas for myself. Um, Like, that's where I was like, hey, what if I make a podcast? You know? And I didn't act on it for a while. But yeah. What made you finally act on it? 
Okay, so I told myself there was a core power like yoga training scholarship. And I was like, if I don't get this, then I'm going to start my podcast. Oh, great. I told, I told the universe that. I was like, if you don't give me this scholarship, because like I'm too cheap to spend whatever amount of money on yoga training classes oh, myself. Yeah. <laughs> so the universe was like, okay, cool. Got you. And then I didn't get the scholarship. So I was like, okay, cool. That means you want me to start this podcast. Great. So did you start the podcast and Wabi Sabi like tarot at the same time? No. So I started reading tarot for other people kind of by accident. Um, I was reading for myself. It was making sense. I was reading for friends, but I was like, I know your guys' tea. Like, it's just a coincidence. (laughs) Yeah. And so one night I was bored and I was on one of those like Facebook mom groups. And I was like, hey, if anyone wants a free reading, like holler. And Susie, I had like 200 people comment and message me. And like I said, when I start something, I don't stop. So I I was up until like 3 a.m. for like two weeks getting all of these free readings out to people. Free? Yes. (laughs) Okay. That's just like, it was, I was just like, well, I already said I would. And all these people, like I expected like four people to be like, yeah, not like 200. And the type A person that I am, I had a spreadsheet and I wrote down what I said and I color coded it based on if it resonated with them or not. And I had like a 98.4% like effective effectiveness rate. So like, okay. so it was good yeah. practice. It was a really good foundation, yeah. I'm sure, to build your confidence too. Oh, totally. Because I didn't think it would work. I was like, this has all got to be a coincidence. And now I fully believe nothing is a coincidence. What you say was was that kind of what solidified your confidence in your spiritual like activities that you do? Or were you already doing other stuff and feeling like this resonates? This is for me. This is this is me. Um, I definitely before that I was like spirituality is definitely something for me. Like religion, I like I'm Jewish. I I like to like celebrate the holidays i like the history of judaism i think it's very deep and very beautiful but i never really resonated with like the religion per se so spirituality just really clicked for me and i was like okay this is my thing this is what helps me like get through hard days and helps me like achieve things that i want to um but you know having strangers be like wow you made my day so much better you made me feel heard for this first time really made me feel like oh maybe i should be doing this more maybe i should be doing this for other people and not just for myself well i'm sure that once you start reading so intimately into other people's lives it can be a little bit daunting at first because it can be a really big job like someone can be really depending on you or really hopeful about what you might tell them so oh too sure at at first it was a little bit uh but you feel completely confident now. Well, I don't want to say completely because <laughs> nobody feels complete. I feel like nobody feels completely confident. Anything, no. But but you're confident. I mean, you're making a business out of this. You're doing this for other people. I think that's amazing. I'm so proud of you because that can be really hard. And I want you to hear that. No, now this is turning into like a pep talk. <laughs> but I love a good pep talk. Yeah, I, I accidentally do this all the time. But I mean, it can one, it can be hard to find a skill that you do for yourself that you feel confident in. And then, I mean, it's a huge leap to start doing that for the public and for strangers. And then it's another huge, it's terrifying and you feel like you're not good enough 
all these thoughts coming in, I'm not making sense. Um, when you say, okay, I've done this for myself. I do this for other people. Let's monetize it. Let's mm-hmm. publicize this. Let's get the word out there because then you're like really hitting the ground running. And I think that I know that you must have gone through maybe a lot of self-doubt, a lot of questioning, maybe like, is this really something that I want to put this much energy into? And you did it. And that's awesome. Yeah, it is. Like thinking back, I'm like, damn. <laughs> so what made you like, so the podcast was after Wabi Sabi, but where did you, at what point did you say, let's, let's do the damn thing. Let's advertise this. Let's make money off of this. Yeah. So when I started doing the free readings, like I was just doing it for like fun and people started messaging me being like, hey, do you do block parties? Can you do a girl's night? And I was like, er, I don't know. And one day I was just like, Jeanette, do it. Do one. Like worst case, you tank. Yeah. And you don't do another one. Best case, people have a great time and you help them and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. So it it was all a happy little accident that this all came to be. Oh, do you have plans for it to grow bigger? You know, I I don't know right now. Like, I'm just really, like, I do a lot of girls' nights right now. I do a lot of Zoom readings right now. Um, I mean, the dream would be able to do this all the time, right? To make this a full-time thing, to do that. But we'll see. It'd be great, but okay. <laughs> it's not something we're actively manifesting right now. Not not necessarily, no. Okay. Okay. So if someone were to come across your page, what services do you offer to them? Yes. So I like to call myself your little like spiritual hype girl, right? We can do tarot. We can do tarot and astrology, like birth charts. I can just read like what's coming up for you in the like, next month or two for you in astrology. So you can kind of like prep yourself and figure out like what, how can I manifest alongside what's happening astrologically? Um, I also do astrocartography readings. Um, and if you're local to Chicago, you can always book me to do like an event. So I do girls nights where like a group of girls get together and we like talk about your birth chart. So I'll do everyone's birth chart and read tarot for everyone. Um, so things like that. <laughs> so much fun. What tangible things can people walk away with from a tarot reading? Just co- Is it just confirmation or like what... Yeah. So it really depends on what the person's coming to me for. So sometimes a lot of it is just like they need that confirmation from the universe that things will be okay so long as they're putting that energy and effort where they need to. Sometimes they're like, I'm stuck between two decisions and, you know, the cards might pull that they're good, but in different ways. And so they walk away with, okay, which which good is better for me right now? When you're reading tarot, this is right before you're prepping, you're saging yourself, you're cleansing your space, you're asking your spirit guides to connect to their spirit guides, correct? Mm-hmm. Are there ever times when you're reading for someone and messages come through that they didn't necessarily ask for, but you want to convey to them? Not really. I say like when someone's talking to me about whatever it is, I'll get a gut like instinct of like yes or no. And then I'll like read the cards and see if those go along with what I like instinctually think. And most of the time they do. Um, But no, I wouldn't say that I like I'm not a psychic per se. So I don't get like downloads from like 
their loved ones or anything like that. I wish I did. That'd be sweet. But maybe one day I'll be stepping into that power. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to ask you five random questions that I wrote um, while I was getting my hair done. And I want you to answer them. They should be pretty. Let's go. Okay. What is a wellness habit that you can't live without? Ooh. Um, ooh, that's really hard. Oh, oh that's, no, I didn't mean that's that. hard. Wellness, meaning like spiritually? Or just like physically, like this doesn't have to all yoga. Yoga changed my life. When? When did you find um, yoga? I started going, well, I started going seriously maybe four years ago. And then I stopped because I was trying to get pregnant and all of this. And then I started going again about a year ago. And it is my happy place. It is where I'm able to find like peace and movement and all of these things. So you go somewhere for yoga? Yes. I'm not, I'm so bad at doing things at home. Yeah. I know. I, I It's hard for me to hold myself accountable when I'm not going somewhere and like have a date in my calendar for it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like I just want to do it. What's your favorite type of yoga? Hot, hot power. Wow. That's it's cool. the only kind I can do. I feel like all the other ones and ugh, I'm going to get like people are going to be like, oh, she's like, but the other ones are super boring to me. I've done them. I've gone to like the very traditional yoga studios and I, I'm not good at being still. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, pa- I mean, power yoga, it's power yoga, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hot. Like, that's a challenge. That sounds like something. That sounds like a theme in your life. Going after challenges and overcoming yeah. them, no matter what it takes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite tarot card to pull? Is there one that every time you pull it, you're like, oh. okay. 100%. It's the magician. I want to get it tattooed on me. I'm just waiting for the right time um it's a manifestation card it's the card that tells you hey you've got all the tools you need but you just got to believe in yourself so nice um are you would you consider yourself an amazon addict no oh not at all are you passionate about this no not at all oh i'm (laughs) okay like we use amazon but like my husband was like well like if we didn't have it what would happen i was like i don't know like i would go to target once more a week yeah that's true so i was just asking because um i have a one of my really close friends is like very anti amazon and she's like i want this book for my birthday don't buy it from amazon go to a bookstore and unfortunately or fortunately i do buy from amazon quite a bit and i get a lot of shit from her for it for making jeff bezos richer and richer okay it's convenient though and when you're oh convenience i know um, what is your favorite mall restaurant? Ooh. And if you can't know specific name. Oh, okay. Great. Anyway, <laughs> their malls are just chef's kiss. Classic mall restaurant. Do you go to the mall a lot? I feel like they're dying out. Or is that just me? No, and I get so sad when I visit them. And I'm just like my childhood. I know. Remember when we would like hang out with friends at the mall and get all dressed up and it would be a really big deal. We just walk in circles. Yeah, and you had like four dollars. Yeah. yeah. I would get like $20 from my mom and I'd buy like some candy from an Asian store and maybe like earrings from Claire's. <laughs> yup. Oh, the good old days. Um, and then the last question is, if you could move to any like specific place or specific type of environment, where would it be? Mm, it would be somewhere that 
that's a little less all over the place with the weather than Chicago. Oh, um, consistency. Yeah. So maybe I was taught like my husband's from Ukraine and I was telling him like, what if we like move there? Obviously not now, but like I'd love to live in a place that is not the United States and just like figure out what it is. Like, you know, I like a challenge. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that for you. And I feel like if you there's so much um, awareness that comes with moving out of the United States. I have not I, I have not really traveled. It's very sad. But everybody I talk to that goes out of the country is like, everybody does everything better except for us in the United States. <laughs> They're like, I, they they don't stress so much about work. They're much more, like, depending on where they're going, they're much more family oriented. They're much more relaxed. They're so much more put together. Healthcare, healthcare. And everybody, like, everybody loves when they travel outside of the country. So I think that's, I think that's wonderful for you. Did your, is your husband? Oh, no. So, so if someone wants to inquire about your services, learn more about you, follow you, tell me all the places that they can find you. Yeah, mostly Instagram. So I am on Instagram at wabi.sabi.tarot, W-A-B-I dot S-A-B-I dot tarot, T-A-R-O-T. And you can hit me up there. (laughs) And you've got a freaking awesome podcast. Oh, yeah, that too, which is Wabi Sabi Wellness. So same thing, W-A-B-I-S-A-B-I Wellness. And I post every Monday or upload. I don't know what the word is. I'm too old for this. Oh, Yeah. (laughs) I download. I thought of that either. Release, drop. release. I would say. Re- I think I say release. Episodes released every Monday, and you just yeah. released an episode. I just saw. I'm so excited to listen to it. The Twelve Houses. Thank goodness. Yes. I can't keep track of any of them, so I'm gonna have to download this one. Take notes. Listen intently. Awesome. I feel like it. <laughs> of course I will. You are so great. You're so easy on the mic. Thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me this week for this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode or you enjoy the podcast in general, I would love for you to subscribe so you'll never miss out on upcoming episodes featuring other brilliant minds and insightful topics. Also, don't forget to rate and review while you're at it. Your ratings and feedback mean the world to me and help me reach more listeners. So, Misty and loves you. Have the best day ever. Same time next week. Bye.